Joel. So in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. It was Timothy's idea for us to do this film. Throw me under the bus. Yeah, because yeah. he likes it a lot. And he wanted us to talk about it in depth, to dive deep into it. It's a Spike Lee film, his first feature film from, what year was it? Uh, 1986. That's 30 years ago or so. So Spike Lee, if by any chance you have no idea who Spike Lee is, has done films like Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Jungle Fever, School Days, what am I missing? Inside Man. <sighs> he even did a remake Chirac. of, 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 of the, your favorite film. He did a remake of Oh yeah, Old Boy. Old Boy, yeah. he's, he's a very notable black director, one of the yeah, higher, American higher, American. yeah, black American directors. So she's gonna have it is his first film and it's shot in black and white just has one beautiful scene in color but uh, in case you've seen anything about it uh, it's going to actually be adapted into a TV show on Netflix 10 episodes just the way a film although more recent like Dear White People was adapted into a TV show also she's gonna have it is going to be adapted into a TV show so uh, about the film the story is about a girl called Nola who has three different men in her life who she's having sexual relations with. And the three men are quite different. They can't, to me, they represent different archetypes of men in society, really. And I have three different men here also to help me talk about this film. <laughs> which is, <laughs> I'm nothing like Nola, but... But anyway, so these three men, there's Jamie, Greer, and Mars. Jamie's a the reliable nice guy. Greer is self-obsessed and snobby. While Mars, played by Spike Lee himself, is a juvenile weird, just nerdy. Do you know in the normal in the modern day term what they would refer to him as a fuckboy? Yeah, yeah. Fuck boy, <laughs> in yes. the modern day fuckboy. <laughs> that's who's fuckboy number one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the premise of the film. This is it's. It, I found it very documentary. Okay, it is documentary-ish style because they both they all speak to the camera, talking about Nola and her situation with these three different men. I consider myself normal, whatever that means. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it, but better yet, I don't believe in labels. But what are you gonna do? It's about control. My body, my mind. Who's gonna own it, them or me? I am not a one-man woman. Um, I'll give the person who suggested the film the honors to speak about it first. Ah, uh, okay. Where do I start now? Okay. Uh, uh, she's got to have it. Uh, Spike Lee's 1986 feature film is his first, and uh, in many ways it was it's one of the landmark films of like American independent cinema, which sort of took root uh, in the mid 80s, like really caught steam with films like uh, Jim Jarmusch. You have seen Stranger Stranger Than Paradise. Stranger Than Paradise. Yeah, those those are basically the films at the time, like basically from student guys who are film students or working under directors' proteges. That came out at the time, yeah, and it actually did quite well. I think it for this time it's one of the most successful black films, yeah. And uh, one of the things I like the most about this film is because it might be the. I know I've have spoken about I've spoken about guys like Sembene before and all that, mm-hmm. but I would say it's the first film, the oldest film I think by an African American that I really like the most. 
because as a, the films before that, I think the black directors before Spike Lee at the time who were really prominent, there was William Graves. I don't know if you watch Symbio Psychotoxoplasm, it's some weird documentary, it's iconic also. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Gordon Parks who made Shaft. Then there was someone who came later on, Charles Burnett, who made Kill of Sheep, 1978. So those were like the film, the African-American guys at the time. And I feel uh, Spike Lee kind of combines all three of those because I feel this film has both, it's both a character drama, unlike uh, most black exploitation films, which rely heavily on like cliche or like archetypes, that kind of thing. It's very different. I feel in a way it's also poetic, in its style, a bit like the films of Charles Burnett, because in it you have those, uh, there those period, those montages you have of just pictures in the film, or like there's a dance number, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then again, I feel it also embodies uh, William Graves in the way it's a bit experimental, because even in this, as there are scenes where the actors talk directly to the camera and that kind of thing. So I feel he combined those three filmmakers quite well in this. Uh, about the story itself, it's basically uh, this free 80s black woman in living in Brooklyn and her very free life. It's basically it's a very different representation of African women that we've seen in film. Like even recently, when you see people like Viola Davis in movies, either she's playing like this mother figure or this nanny, that kind of thing. It's it was a very different, and I don't think we've seen very many representations of black women exactly. Like maybe I don't know. I'm sure that shows like single ladies that probably try to pull that off. Those, I, I haven't watched single ladies. I'm just, Im- I'm just imagining from the title. It's probably that kind of thing. <laughs> you can edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no, I, I feel, I feel uh, compared to most films by black people in America at the time, this one was heavy, heavily char- character driven. Because basically we have this one, the main protagonist, and there's this, is it a triangle or a square? I don't know, there are three guys this time. Three, and uh, and actually four, because there's also a woman. <laughs> so it's her and her, her relationship with these three men, who are all sort of, all her lovers, and also this fourth woman. She's not, she's not key in the story. She comes in the beginning and at the end, yeah, but it also represents a different aspect of her, her freeness. So yeah, I feel uh, the characters are uh, with Mars. Let me start with Mars. Though, yeah. he's, not, he's not the main guy. Uh, Mars is more of the childish juvenile, the one who makes her laugh basically. <laughs> then Jamie is, Mrs., as you said, Mr. Reliable, the good guy, the ideal guy usually that women probably want to end up for. He's very devoted to her and all that. Then the <laughs> other one is Greer Childs, I think, who is something I don't know. Maybe in the films subtext something they represent all something uh, Mars represents the her fan side uh, uh, Jamie represents her and her need for stability while Greer more represents this sort of thing she aspires to maybe betterment in a way like they all represent these three things that probably women look for in men and this time it's not in one man it's like in three different guys so she has to deal with them yeah so yeah okay Nick you're what next. do you think about the movie okay cool uh, this movie is a, an interesting piece to me because um, I enjoy a lot of the works of Spike Lee. He has a very refreshing take on the experience of an African-American man living in America. Okay, So this one, 
depicts uh, like Tesh said an African American woman in a relationship with multiple men and possibly another woman she's very sexually liberated mm. and all of these people is, is presented in a documentary like format they're all trying to explain her to the camera okay and she's also trying to explain herself I think that part's very interesting mm-hmm. because I don't think any of the subjects explaining this this character understand the character themselves including herself um, the one that I find interesting for the purpose of this podcast is going to be Greer Childs because this guy <laughs> <laughs> um, this guy stands out to me first of all from his name Greer Childs mm-hmm. it strikes it strikes me as they were they are supposed to depict this guy as an infantile version of a man okay his 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 idea of what a man ought to be is very infantile very childish i'm supposed to be the most attractive the strongest the most successful the richest and as long as i'm this the, the woman doesn't even matter as long as she can match up to me that's all that matters okay also just like a child he's extremely insecure so as as long as she even mildly threatens to leave him you see him changing his tune in a very smug sort of way like Nola I wouldn't even be with you if you want attractive <laughs> and then she says I don't want to hear that shit again it's like whatever man when you come around I'll be here waiting <laughs> that's the kind of guy Greer Childs is he's a childish Greer you know that's him okay this guy comes off to me like he's he, he's trying to do the best he can for the two of them but uh, she's not the thing is he assumes their relationship is based on him whereas he forgets the the other person involved in this relationship is a human being and she has four other people involved <laughs> and that's a whole other mess he can't even comprehend when they have the whole dinner party thing and, and they will show up he just th- sees set that up, please set up the scene like how it happens here's a scene I'll paint for you like Ray Shields. This lady, <laughs> who I'm trying to court, calls up these four, these these three people, these three men, and uh, she wants them to come to terms with each other because they all know about each other. Yes. And they're all courting the same woman. They've been having sexual relationships with her for a while, and it's becoming a mess. They they, they can't coexist together. So she wants them to, you know come to terms with it which is very naive on her part but that, that's, 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 that's up to her okay so she calls these three men to have a Thanksgiving dinner with her and um, they're supposed to somehow talk it out come to terms and leave naturally this ends up being a very you know dick measuring contest <laughs> between the three men and also a very nasty clash of insecurities between the three of them Greer Childs, the guy I'm representing, <laughs> sees, the, sees uh, Mars as this infantile, inadequate waste of her time. And he sees this other guy as nobody. He actually barely addresses him throughout the entire dinner, if you notice. He sees him as uh, a non-threat. <laughs> because that's what he is, Greer Childs. He's, a, he's the macho man in this situation. He, he doesn't take into account what she thinks of them of course as the dinner plays out in the end all the others leave except the one he sees as a non-threat 
uh, including himself. She chases them away because they were acting childish. The guy he thought he was a child and hence threatened, and him himself, whose literal name is Childs. Anyway, that's the kind. The, uh, in my view, that's the relationship between these four people. They are all trying to court a woman. It's a sexual relationship, but all the men are trying to interpret her in the sense of themselves, whereas she is only viewing their aspects uh, as what she would want in a man. Obviously, they all end up losing each other. She loses all three, and each of them lose her, which is the only way this was going to end. It's a nice movie. I liked it. Dope. Uh, Joel? Awesome. Uh, so this is my new favorite Spike Lee movie. Only saw it today. Um, <clears throat> so to me, the movie is about uh, this lady named Nora, and Nola. you have Nola, yeah. Mm-hmm. And these you have these three dudes, uh, sort of vying for possession of her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Is the way that I saw it. Because you have Nola, she's like this free spirited creature. She's a wanderer sort of she's this wandering soul she's not really committing herself to anything in particular you know she's figuring herself out but she's constantly bombarded with this pressure to be a certain way as a woman from both uh, really toxic elements and also even well-meaning elements i mean even a guy like jamie who you'd think like socially you'd see him as this is a perfect guy. He's good. He wants to settle down with her. He wants to give her everything she wants. But he's trying to possess her as well. He can't... He doesn't want to share her with anyone. <laughs> he wants her for himself. And yeah, it, I mean, gets to... And he sort of rears his ugly head. Because uh, you have like a scene somewhere in the movie where he sort of borderline rapes her. Mm. Yeah, that's that's for me where like Rhea did ugly head and this dude actually wants to possess her too. And yeah, I did I did like uh, the archetypes. I liked Greer. He was a funny nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's sort of this bougie black man. I mean yeah, I mean the, his his parting shot is he's going to find himself a white woman. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> actually Maz calls him a pseudo black man. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. That's what he was. <laughs> And Mars is just this infant-like child, like on the road to nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I remember he says he talks about how he has no job, but he has fifteen yeah, dollars sneakers. sneakers. How do I do? That? Yeah, that shit was interesting. And she sort of phone. She sort of like Nola sort of latches onto these different elements, like in each character. I think for uh, Jamie, it's like emotion, things of the heart, and for. Um, for Greer, maybe it's a status and you know gentrification or whatever. Then for uh, what's his name, Mars. With Mars, it's just this sort of fun-loving, <laughs> dumbest guy. He's a party and, animal. Yeah, so I liked, I liked the bigger picture that it painted because, and it sort of hits it home when she goes to see a psychiatrist. Because was it Greer that told her she was broken? Yeah. 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 And. Yeah, and the psychiatrist is like, no, you know, your sex drive is normal. And I think she sort of comes to terms with that in, in, uh, in the end, where she's like, you know, this is who she is, and she shouldn't really have to change for anyone yeah. or, you know, anybody. And I love that. Um, 
as as far as female characters go, I think she's one of the strongest. As far as stories go, this is a, one of the strongest I've ever seen put to screen. You had mentioned uh, you liked Spike Lee because of uh, this whole narrative of like the African American man, and yeah, that's the reason I also loved most of his movies. I sort of liked Chirac, but that was a more style of a substance movie. <laughs> This this was like oozing with substance and film to have written and directed a female character that well was very plaudible. And I'll just also briefly talk about the film's sense of style. Uh, at first I thought, ooh, another pretentious black and white movie when it opened. <laughs> but you know, it turned out actually work. It actually meant something. It wasn't uh, like this, oh, look at me and how you know, fancy I am. And he had, I liked that you talked about that whole stylistic stuff with like the still mm. shorts and I love that shit and yeah there's that one scene also it turns to color mm-hmm. I think there's Sharon. no place like home it's yeah there's no place Oz. like home yes <laughs> I love that as a Wizard of Oz reference I personally didn't enjoy the dance sequence though <laughs> I liked the reference and that was about it dance sequence was like eh, okay okay I get it but yeah it was an overall really really great movie um, I hope he does something with this caliber <laughs> Again, and so with the show, yes, with the show, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely psyched to see the show now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like this film a lot, especially for what it stands for. I like the way they treat Nola as a character because she is. They speak about her in a very mature way. They don't make her come off as a nympho, as she says herself, or like a sex obsessed <laughs> character because she's a female who is. Who wants, yeah, who's maybe Mars, maybe Mars. <laughs> yes, Mars does, but the way the movie itself mm. treats her, mm. they don't make her come off that way. Instead, they actually make the men look really stupid for wanting to have her for their own. Mm. And it's very for that time, I can imagine, where, or in general, the way society sees things, especially people who have this cultured perspective, and how men it's very okay for them to have multiple sexual character sexual partners to bone to different <laughs> women i just uh i just kept trying to imagine this with a man in in the as the lead character it would be almost any other movie because yeah. a man boning different girls is different from a girl saying i want to bone different men <laughs> so i really <laughs> like that so it's not the norm they turn the tables on everything and she's just sexually liberated. She wants to take charge of her sexuality. And I like the scenes where she's not sure. I actually liked the scene where she was almost at the point where she decided to be with one of the characters, but then changed her mind. And she, then you'd see a sense of her self-discovery. I enjoyed that a lot because most times you're really not sure of what you want. You have a slim picture of what you want, but you're unsure. But she just really wanted to... to to have control of her sexuality she didn't want any of the men to have any control of anything which control a lot of men like to have um i want to talk about the lesbian character though i liked her a lot i liked how she wasn't a stereotype lesbian woman she's not what most i've been i don't know of late i've been watching a lot of lesbian movies and lesbian they always have this way they look mostly manly mm. and even the guy pops tells her you don't look like i would not look at you and think you're a lesbian all people always think they can see a lesbian and know and most times is 
she's not that attractive and usually the narrative is you're not attractive men haven't liked you so you've switched to women mm-hmm. i really like that character i wish they had built they had added her in the mm-hmm. mix but they didn't add her in the mix which was okay the men were interesting characters to look at too i also want to talk about a particular scene which was actually my favorite scene this this scene where they they show different men saying corny pickup lines that they would tell to a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> That scene was hilarious. It actually brings the comedic part of it out a lot, <laughs> which also Spike Lee's character has in in the film throughout. Again about Greer, another scene I liked a lot was the 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 point where they were about to bone, <laughs> and then he was taking he was folding his clothes one by one, one by one, just showing how like. <laughs> That was just weird. I don't even know how it meshes into his character as an egotistical, weird pseudo black man. <laughs> I think it does because it's very self-conscious. Yes. yes. <laughs> no, just so just self-absorbed. Yeah. It's just so as a content to let her wait for him. I know, like what? And again, and again, I credit Spike Lee for that scene because again, he defied all convention. Because usually a movie, if it's going to be sex, clothes are dropping, but jumping all over themselves, it's done. You know. So yeah, they're going to have sex. He has to fast forward his clothes. The chick waits for a while. Mm-hmm. Then even just the way they shoot the sex scene, just from above, you know, like there's different cuts to different them in different positions. Basically, it was mm-hmm. <laughs> an yeah. interesting way to shoot a sex scene, which I haven't really seen with the music, yeah, African yeah. music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, a lot of the sex scenes were actually mm. different. They, I like the way they showed her having sex with the mm. different men and it was quite different. Yeah. I like that. It represented I think a lot their characters. Yes, it because did. with Greer, you can see of course he, before he folds his clothes are showing his self-consciousness and all that. Mm-hmm. Then they show him having sex and of course of all the three guys I think is the one who they probably show has more prowess, you know, with all that confidence. Then the other weird thing was with who with uh, Jamie. Yeah. You know, usually there's this weird thing per se, like after sex, you know, the guys ask, let's get, get me a sandwich. <laughs> she actually asks him to give him, give her, give her a massage. And he's willing, immediately, doesn't even waste time, he just begins massaging her. So again, they're showing how much more he likes catering towards her. Then for Mars, I think she just like ran her foot over his leg and the guy busted like, real quick. <laughs> <It's> right, <laughs> yeah, like again, they were showing again, even you wore like her handies on his face, like how childish. So again, I like yeah. the way they use sex in this story to kind of, flesh out their character instead of just putting it there for the sake of like man this chick is hot these guys are these are the guys hitting that <laughs> it was very different i know it's quite i don't daring maybe the mm. one and especially for that time that mm. time it was actually are seeing um spike lee was saying he was worried how black people would take the film mm. and actually sample thought that he was being too accessible in his blackness and mm. right after that there's never been a film where he's not so political mm. and coming off strongly mm. because right after that he did uh, school days which is quite political mm. and then do the right thing all the rest of his work is so different from this this was very just a normal person this story could work for any race which was great mm. what else do you guys have to say you haven't talked about the three-headed blah 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 mm-hmm. what did you talk about uh, six. This is Greer's thing, so I should probably yeah, come probably back here. Greer's my shit. <laughs> Greer, uh, at some point in his in his uh, summing up of Nola, just like every other guy attempted to sum up Nola, mm-hmm. every every character in this tried to sum up their experience with Nola and what she was as a person. 
including Lola herself. Uh-huh. She did try to sum up herself and her experience with these three men, which brings back to my my idea of this movie. Everyone thought they knew who Nola Darling was, and everyone came up with their own conclusions, but didn't mean shit, including Nola herself. herself. Anyway, Greer, he thought Nola had not sought any one of them as a single individual, and I think in some sense he was right. He didn't. She didn't see any of them as one person, but as some kind of, uh, you know, six-legged, <laughs> six-armed, three-penised <laughs> monster, <laughs> right? That gave her whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted, whenever she would call. And when each individual limb started expressing its own individuality, that became a problem to her. And eventually the whole thing fell apart. Not just because she decided, but because she was also dealing with individuals and she forgot that part too. I like this movie. It's it's a I know in the current environment there's the whole feminist movement and the narrative moves one way or the other. Oh, women are saying they want this or men are saying they want that. But if you treat both sides with respect it becomes very clear. Mm-hmm. You want this, you want that. And if you don't agree, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. That's all this thing was trying to say. She had three guys she was sleeping with. They were okay with it for a while until they weren't. Mm-hmm. That was all there was to it. She had this monster she was sleeping <laughs> with. Uh, and she would have loved to keep it. But, but the like main men. changed. The main changed. And she didn't want to. In this, at least with regards to that relationship, and so the thing fell apart. I liked it. it in its simplicity, it was very, uh, you know, biting. <laughs> it made every guy feel insecure. <laughs> I'm not sure the effect it had on women. Uh, Sharon will tell you more about that. But I know what it made me feel like. It made me feel like uh, suddenly I don't have control. <laughs> Which is the point? <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. exactly the point. <laughs> Which is the point? But I, but what I'm saying now is, I feel like the point should have also been to women that you don't have control either, because she was the one with three men and she lost all three. No, but again, again, no. she no. has control oh, over herself. No, 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 but again, over her, but they no, no, get it. She no, won but at the again, end of the day. no, but again, again, there's that part where she met us, it's like the shrink. And basically, she told her that uh, the is it this biggest sex organism between your legs, actually between your ears. Yeah. So also, Nola herself yeah. wasn't uh, in the beginning. You really see as this confident black woman knows what she's saying. <coughs> then later on, they kind of they show you that also she's just trying to find herself. Like she has this probably this view of herself. Yeah. That isn't perfect, you know. It's not like she's a perfect woman. This is like the model for women. We should all do this, you know. Yeah. But then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing is the model. Yeah, she was trying to be that. I was just actually giving sense. a point. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but, but like, I didn't feel like she was trying to be perfect. To no, 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 yeah. no, no. But the thing I was saying is that she's also basically in the process of finding herself. Pretty yeah. much like all these other guys. No, that's what I'm saying. She's finding herself because even there's this other part when she like breaks up with all of them, she tries I think to masturbate. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, but see, that's and why it doesn't work out. So she calls Jamie. No, but that's why I disagree. <laughs> the other guys aren't trying to find themselves. They're just trying to possess her. Exactly. Is all they're doing. No, no, because all no, the, they, all they all are. No, they all. No, all those men are sure of who no, they are. No, yes, no, they no, are. no, because Gria knows who he is, but he's just getting his thing. I'm, I'm going to be on the cover of GQ magazine. He's just coming up. No, Mas, but in terms no, of the story, no, no, again, I'm saying. No, even the same thing with Mars. Even when she breaks up, she tells him that you should grow up. You know. So mm-hmm. basically, all these people, including Nola, are basically I feel like on this journey to like sort of discover themselves. No, and no, the whole story is Nola, and the side characters. There's nothing about their discovery. All their narrative is so about say, Nola, about Nola, about Nola. So what Nola. was the point of her going to the shrink? Actually, it's because that guy told her she had no, a problem. And what happened there? What What did she learn from going to the shrink? She learned she had no problem. That's what the shrink told That's her. all. Yeah, yes. told her and at the end, no. she realizes the, the she thing, has no problem. The thing she learned, the thing she learned was that the greatest, the, 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 the that that line I was telling you when the mission was like the greatest sex organism between your legs, between your head. No, that then was, that's when that was that's when she, that's no, that reinforcing the fact that her sex drive was normal. Yeah, was yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Hyper, yeah, yeah, but again, I say in in her expressing her. Her femininity, her being in control of herself. Yeah. It didn't have to involve like I think in the beginning maybe she had this thing of like, you know, if I have these guys, like I'm basically like again changing roles. If a woman has very many guys, mm-hmm. you might think I'm now in control, you get. Which you could be, yeah, you're the one who's picking, you know when you want to meet who all that. What what but point again, did she no. say she wanted control of this? No, no, but Never again, no, no, but there was no but that. at the end when she actually chose Jamie, she even told him no sex. You get. She told him, I'm going to be with you, but there's no sex. And then Jamie loses his shit, you know. Which it's is like you jump from extreme to extreme. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel even her. Now, that was kind of her awakening. She was like, I don't have to, you know, do all this. It's just basically me getting to know this person. And I think she felt she maybe knew Jamie. Then when she finds out, Jamie's no, also being a... No, because in the, the ending monologue... Mm. She says going back to Jamie was a mistake. Exactly. That she made, exactly. That she, yeah, that exactly. She made it the heat exactly. of the moment. Exactly. Yes. Ex- why? But again, why? She, no, because she had decided to change for someone when that's not really who exactly. she was or what she wanted. And and first of all, when when she called Jamie, like again, I'm telling you, like you may think Nola is this perfect. We haven't said that she's very human, very confused, which is not a bad. We are not. Yeah. No, no, no. It's the same thing I'm saying. She's confused. She's just as confused as. Yeah, she was confused. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Basically, whatever I say. Okay, can we move on? This won't end, and I don't want. I don't want this type of argument. Anyway, so moving on. Um, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the rap scene which Spike Lee regrets because he severely regrets that scene. He says that would be actually one of the things that he would change about it. I want to know what you guys thought about that. That was a terrible scene. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch this movie, uh, I, I mostly skip through it. Mm-hmm. Even the last time because we were doing this review and I watched it for a while and I was watching this movie again. I skipped through that because for one thing it was unnecessary. Yeah. For two, it wasn't so much as a betrayal of character. I mean, I could see this guy's rage and whatever. I just, I don't think that was the best way to portray it. I hated it. Okay, I'm not saying that uh, this is like in a cinematic point of view. This wasn't very, you know, compelling or whatever. It's just me as a viewer. I hated this. Yeah. I just hated it. I didn't want to see this. Yeah. I didn't need to see this. I fucking hated it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do know I don't get your your root of hate for it though. Uh, why? Cause uh, cause this okay, 
maybe let me make the scene more clear the her, her romantic interest in the three people she was having sexual relationships with what's his name Jamie Jamie, Jamie. Uh, he was he was feeling frustrated mm-hmm. because she 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 did, she was adamant about maintaining her relationship with these other two people yeah. at some point she got very lonely because these other guys wouldn't be with her anymore and she wanted him and she got frustrated she was masturbating and she called him over and in rage or whatever uh, their sexual relationship morphed from what it used to be mm-hmm. from a romantic sort of thing to a more uh, you know uh, just pounding away sort of rape thing and then it goes away the yeah. movie was alright without it mm. and it was this weird and comfortable you know I think the the point was for it obviously to be uncomfortable obviously yeah my opinion but the way i saw it going off of what i had watched of jamie's character it is, was out of character no no it wasn't out of character like earlier i had said how you have these elements trying to possess her sexuality and so and when you have places where even the well in the seemingly well-intentioned elements yeah. are also toxic yeah, to her because exactly. they're trying to control yeah. her so for me that scene was this well-intentioned element rearing its ugly head and showing that I actually want to possess you. Yeah. Because he goes full on, you know, pins her down. He, he goes like full on aggressive when he realizes he actually can't possess her. My problem wasn't <laughs> that they did a rape scene. I'm kawa with that. I was actually okay that they did the rape scene. Yes. Just that I didn't like the aftermath of the way that it was she... closed over. Mm. That was my actual problem. He and that's and that's one of his regret. The way he handled it. He did the rape scene, do rape but handled it in a particular in a way. way. But the way she he handled it, the way she handled it even it's the like aftermath of it. Like just had sex. Yeah, it, it no, so again, Oppo's scene. Oppo, when she went to see her afterwards, after she broke up with all those guys, then she also pulls them off. She kisses her. Yeah, like, yeah. for the young Nola is like, leave, you know. Again, yeah, again, yeah. as you're saying, that thing of people trying to possess her. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that father, even the person who you think is a woman, probably understands her better and what she's going through is also on her own thing. You get so, Everyone's selfish. Yeah, so. Including Nola. Yeah. Nola herself. That's yeah. what I'm saying. She's not perfect. But except she's, the difference is she's honest about it. To whom? To whom? To everyone. To no, herself. She, le- she doesn't hide the fact that, ooh, I have these dudes on the side and I'm not going to tell you. She invites them to fucking Thanksgiving dinner to meet each other. Yeah. It's just like, this is the situation, this is who I am, and they cannot But again, that's, again, as you said, that's her being naive. Yes. She's she sort being of, naive, later on, she honest. grows up and realizes that none of these people. <laughs> for the right fit yeah, yeah so i guess that's again what i was saying like again nola you might say in the beginning i think she's this uh, Jamie, but, you uh, know but quote, eh? she could be brutally <laughs> honest, honest. <laughs> yeah yeah so you might think she's that kind of you know power she knows what she's doing very clear-minded but as yeah, you yeah. go on watching it realize that she's also not as sure as she is you know yeah. that's why we even bring up all these but this borderline rap stuff and all that it's just very yeah. also it's, it's as confusing for her as it is for the other yeah, guys yeah, and I even love, for us I who love, are watching it's yeah, not, I love that about yeah. her character all those layers I think it's a movie I will watch anything else? <laughs> so you've been listening to Cinema Red Pill um yeah Sharon, Timothy, Nick and Joel but we've been talking about she's gotta have it what do you want to say? I just going to say, we haven't even spoken about this movie in context with like, okay, we've well, probably hinted on it, but 
like with Spike Lee's other movies because I feel it's it's so different like yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, 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 yeah like I'm saying it like with the whole political thing as in I don't know what would you guys prefer would you, would you prefer this black power or just I this guy who's prefer I prefer this guy no, I, I prefer this prefer this as well yeah. because um, besides do the right thing I don't like his political Stuff. It's, it's it's it, it gets super heavy-handed, and I personally don't enjoy heavy political messages in my movies. Mm. I prefer more visual artistry, mm. character stories. That's just me. So usually when political agendas come up, whether I agree with them or not, I'm like, eh. but yeah. I'll reference someone we were talking about before, like Sembene. And if you see Spike Lee in his interviews, he's a very political man. I think it's true to who he is. The yeah, he's he is, right now. Yeah. And I like how they turn out most of them. I really like Do the Right Thing better than this. I like Malcolm X a lot. So, yeah, I prefer his political stuff. Heavy, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, do you have I anything like else, Tim? Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's it. 